Hi, and welcome back to the She Built This podcast. I'm so excited to be wrapping the year 2023 up together with you and, you know, tying it in a pretty little bow as we welcome in a new one. Most of you, many of you know just how much I appreciate a new year. I love a clean slate. And I do know full well that any day can be a fresh start. Any day can be a chance to uh, start new. But for me, there's just something about starting dates and milestones and New Year's and birthdays and anniversaries. I don't know. They just really do it for me. They give me a chance to really dedicate some time to reviewing and asking myself the questions that I need to ask to move forward. So this year, as part of my little uh, sealing up the year ritual, I went through and I took a serious inventory of my life. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's because it is. Uh, I really did. I went through my personal life. I went through things like my habits, my patterns, my commitments, my relationships, uh, my grievances. Um, and I also went through my business life. And if something in those areas was not really lining up with the vision, the big picture that I really want for my life, I had to put it out there and ask myself whether or not it really needed to be on the table. Was it really supposed to be on the table? And I tell you what, this year I have had to make some really, really hard decisions on what I wanted to let go of and what I wanted to keep and what I'm really focusing on and prioritizing moving forward. I kind of envision this activity, if you will, like like you have this bag of like puzzle pieces, okay? But not all of the puzzle pieces actually even go to the same puzzle. And you like have to sort of parse through it, like find the puzzle pieces that do fit and then return to sender the ones that don't. Because they most definitely do go to someone's puzzle. They just don't go to mine. Okay, they just don't all go to mine. So some of them, like I'm not even sure how they got in the same bag as my puzzle pieces. Uh, Some of them have been in there for a very, very long time. You know, I'm like thinking back to like childhood and things like that. But I'm going to spare you uh, from my analogy getting too deep. But as I was wrapping up my year doing my inventory, I did two things. Number one, of course, I recorded a content with character podcast episode on taking inventory. Now, this is specific to like your marketing and your visibility and your business efforts over the past year. So I wanted you to be able to join me in that self-reflective fun. Um, I'll make sure that the link to that specific episode is in the show notes. So that was one of the things I sort of did as I was doing an inventory of my own. And the second thing I did is I said to myself, you know what? You know what, Emily, I really want to bring some something new to the end of the year for people like on the She Built This podcast, a new perspective, something more exciting than just like the standard goal setting and manifesting and hustling about what you're going to create in 2024, like blah, 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 been there, done that. So I reached out to a great group that I'm in led by Sarah Penner. It's called the Podcast Collaborative Group. And I sent out a request for a podcast guest. I was really looking for someone who would inspire my listeners, like I said, with something new to end our year. And I got like a bajillion responses. Now that's like an approximation. (laughs) But seriously, it was so many. I had to turn off the comments because there were just so many people. Some of it was like really basic, standard, like I said, like that goal setting, that like hustle. Um, But some of them really, really stood out to me. So I started a spreadsheet to track the ones I was interested in. Um, I asked myself like, okay, how interested in, in this am I? How interested do I think my listeners will be? What do I still need to research, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So after doing all of this, who made the cut? was today's guest, uh, Bevan Ferrand, author of Your Damn Manifesto. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, creating a manifesto for your life, which really puts that vision that you want, that picture, that big picture that you have for your life, it puts it front and center of you 
all at all times. Now, Bevan's approach really stood out to me, but also what really, really called to me in her comments specifically was just like her beautiful personality, like something really shown through in her response. And after looking at her website, listening to her podcast, watching her video, I was really drawn to her and I knew that I wanted to meet her. I was not at all disappointed. I was not wrong in my assessment. And I really, really enjoyed our chat. And I, I hope that with Bevan, it will just be a starting point for us because I really loved, she is a lovely person. Um, I've always been really curious about like how to write a personal manifesto. I've seen other people do them. And I wanted to learn what's involved. But I also wanted to see like how can having this Get, help us to get super, super clear on those puzzle pieces that belong as part of our big picture. So what is a personal manifesto for those of us who don't know? A personal manifesto is a declaration of what you want in life. It helps you to prioritize what is important to you and also what you want to achieve. Uh, it can also help save you from a lot of shiny object syndrome, just saying. So if you are curious about Bevan's book, before, during, or after our episode, the link is in the show notes. I found Your Damn Manifesto, that's the name of her book, to be a very friendly conversational read. And I loved how it came with like a lot of resources and guides. It makes a really, really great companion to, you know, like that new journal that's in your Amazon cart right now that you're saving for the new year. Just saying. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, I'm going to now formally introduce Bevan to you. In 2019, five days after she returned from a trip to France with her husband, Bevan experienced an extreme and unexpected loss, which she will share about in this episode with us. And it was through that experience, Bevan Farron founded the Take the Damn Chance movement and created the Do the Damn Thing method. Her framework has inspired thousands to connect with, connect with people on what they love and just to help them to do the crazy thing that really ends up making all the difference. And when given a choice in life, she encourages people to take the damn chance. She is the author of Your Damn Manifesto, Discover the keys to personal transformation and bringing your biggest dreams to life. And Bevan is a coach who supports women in achieving their goals, even after going through deeply challenging experiences. I hope you love my conversation with Bevan and enjoy it as much as I did. Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi, Bevan, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited about what we're going to share today. Me too. I always love having the opportunity to be able to read the book that my guests have uh, written ahead of time because it gives me like some really good questions to ask because I'm like, wait, everything you've covered, but I still have more questions. <laughs> I love it. I took a class in college where we read a book on Tuesday and the author came in on Thursday and it was the most fascinating class I've ever taken because I was like, oh. why did you write it that way? What does that mean? <laughs> that sounds right up my alley. So now I get this opportunity. I just finished yeah. and now I get to interview the author. Um, So for those of my listeners who have not heard your story yet, they don't know who you are yet. Could you tell us a little bit in your own words, like we read your bio before you joined us, but in your own words, who you are, um, but also what brought you here? Because I like to know the journey. Yeah, absolutely. So my journey, this particular journey really started back in 2019. So on Mother's Day, my husband, Mark, surprised me with tickets to France for my 40th birthday, and we were going to go by ourselves. We had um, a two-year-old and a four-month-old, so this was very exciting, and we had to plan six months out because we had a two-year-old and a four-month-old, and so about two weeks after that, I lost my job, and it was the third time I'd lost my job in under 10 years. We were not expecting it. I was going in for what I thought was a promotion, and instead I got let go. And in that time, I, a few weeks after that, I said to Mark, I don't want to go back to work. 
I don't want to, I say, go back to work. I don't want to look for a job. I don't want to put the financial health of our family into the hands of any one person ever again. I want to take what I've learned over the last 10 years as a digital marketer and a brand director, project manager, and I want to start my own business, starting taking everything I've learned and using it with small businesses and entrepreneurs. So a lot, I'm sure like a lot of your listeners decided they didn't want to be beholden to one company. And I said to Mark, let me try this as a proof of concept. Let's see if I can make $5,000 by the end of August. And if I can, then I'll keep going. And I made $0 in June, $1,000 in July. And by the end of August, I had hit my $5,000 mark. And by the time we were ready to leave for our trip, so our trip was going to be the weekend before Thanksgiving, I had made $35,000 in my business. Wow. It was absolutely growing. But we still thought this trip is absolutely crazy. (laughs) Why are we going? We're going to be in the same amount of uh, planes, the same amount of time we're going to be on the ground. So we, I, I asked him, I said, should we just cancel this trip? But we did go and had an amazing time exploring Bordeaux, which neither of us had ever been to before. Incredible food, delicious wine, got to spend my 40th birthday with my best friend and the love of my life. We came home and like I said, it was the week before Thanksgiving. So Mark had taken the entire week off work. We got stuff done around the house, got ready for Thanksgiving, took our daughter to her first movie theater show and Thanksgiving was great. It was pre-pandemic. So we had 25 people there. And the next morning I went upstairs to wake up Mark and he wasn't breathing. He had passed away in the middle of the night, completely unexpectedly from undiagnosed heart disease. And one of his arteries was 95% blocked and the other was 50% blocked. And we had, we had no idea. He weighed the same he did in high school. And now all of a sudden I was the solo parent of two kids under three I had this new business that was growing, but hadn't stood the test of time yet. And I'm doing all of it without my biggest cheerleader and my best friend and the love of my life by my side. About a month after that, I made a post on Facebook about my birthday, about losing Mark and taking that trip. And I ended that post by saying, whenever you're faced with a choice, just take the damn trip. Mm. That really resonated with people. And I got a lot of messages from people saying, you know, they had taken a trip with their dad before he passed away, or they were going to say no to this trip, but then they decided they were going to say yes. Or more importantly to me, just they were going to stop pushing those dreams to the side because when people heard take the damn trip, they really thought I was a vacation planner. Uh, They thought we were going to go on a cruise together. So I changed it to take the damn chance. And I started looking at the hardest things that I had been through, um, not just losing Mark, but I lost my dad to cancer when I was 24. I, my kiddos are IVF babies. So I went through years of fertility treatments and a miscarriage. I lost my home in a house fire in 2010. And I looked at all those. And then I looked at the most amazing things that I had created, like growing my business, having those babies, having a really strong relationship with Mark. And I asked myself, how did, what is it that I do differently than other people? Not better, but just differently to navigate those situations. And that's really difficult challenges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we all have difficult challenges and our hard is our hardest hard. Um, But these were hard things. And that's where I started to come up with the damn framework. So I say the word damn all day, every day, (laughs) but it does stand for something. I had to explain that to my daughter today. She said, she was telling me what were bad words and good words. And I said, well, when I say damn, it actually means something. So it stands for decide and declare, attend your own party, moments, not minutes. And now is the time. And so everything in my life is based around this word damn and doing the damn thing and taking the damn chance because I'm really on a mission to help women in particular live a big, bold, wonderful life. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I'm so sorry for everything that you have experienced. Um, I'm really, I'm really inspired by how you're now using this to help other people uh, basically live that France moment all of the time in their lives. So um, really appreciate the work that you're doing. I would love to kind of break down the acronym 
the damn yeah. acronym. First of all, do your do you not let your kids say that word? Because I would oh, find no, they can say it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's funny because my daughter, no, I, that was not that was not the example she was using. But when when my daughter was in preschool, she would run in and be like, "Hey, Miss Jasmine, I got my damn shirt in my back." That's so hilarious. I had to actually explain to them like, "This is the name of my company. That's what we do." No, they say it. They say it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's break down the uh, acronym a little bit and talk okay. to me about the the D and the A and the M and the N and like really what they mean when they're in yeah. practice in somebody's life. Yeah, absolutely. So the D is decide and declare. And you mentioned my book, which is called Your Damn Manifesto, because of course it is. Um, but this is really the foundation of the do the damn thing method. Um, so the damn do the damn thing method is do, uh, craft your damn manifesto, find your damn people and get your damn results. And so the D is really the foundation of the damn manifesto. So the truth is we have to decide what it is that we want more than anything right now. It doesn't mean for the rest of our lives, but if everything is a top priority, then nothing is. So we you probably need to say that again for some yes. for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah. Anyone come back to us. It is when everything is a top priority, nothing is. And I saw this because, the, so like I said, I looked back at my life. I didn't learn, I didn't, I wasn't born knowing the damn framework. So I really looked back and and what stuck out to me when I was thinking about deciding is that when we started our IVF journey, when we started our fertility journey, I am also a, an actress and I had gotten a call back for this community theater show that I really wanted to do, but it was also going to be the month that we were going to be doing an IVF transfer. And I was on the phone with my mom and I said, you know, what happens if I, we, I, you know, it's tech week or it's opening weekend. And I also have to do this IVF transfer where I have to rest for 48 hours. And she said to me, well, maybe you should just put the IVF off for three months. And it was so clear to me in that moment that the theater was not my top priority. Our family, our hoped for family was my top priority. And that's where I started to realize that we have to choose. We have to, so that we can more easily say no. And for everyone listening who has a hard time saying no, which is probably everybody, when you say yes to something, you are unconsciously saying no to thousands of things. You know, I can't, because I'm here with you right now, I can't be on another podcast. I can't be picking my, you know, go playing with my kids. And that's okay because this is my yes. And they will be my yes at another time. So when you're having a hard time saying no, just ask yourself, well, where is my yes? Mm. I also love it because it makes you more present when you choose the yes. So now you're not thinking of all those other things that you could have, should have, would have said yes to. You're yeah. like, no, I chose to be here. I'm present here. And yes. when I go disconnect and play with my kids or yes. be on that other podcast, I will be there because yeah. that's and where I've chosen that. Yes. Yeah. And that's a big part of the A and the M, which we'll come back to, but it, it's so true. So decide. So with your damn manifesto, it's your yes and your six dimensional why. And the why part. So we've heard that all the time of start with why, like know mm -hmm. your why, and then you can do it, which is really good advice, but it's not going deep enough because if you've got a big dream, you want to start a business, you want to have a baby through fertility treatments, you want to build a new house one flimsy little why isn't going to stand up when it gets hard and everything we really want in life is going to get hard at some point. And so I have, I walk people through a process to figure out how your big dreams are going to impact the six most important areas of your life, which are financial, emotional, mental, physical, social, and spiritual. And all of the big things are going to impact those. So if you want to start a business and you think I'm doing it to start to make more money, or sometimes people will also say I'm doing it for location freedom, which would be your physical. When you aren't making enough money, when you have your June and you've made zero dollars, if the goal or the why is to make money, it's really easy to say, I'm just going to give up and go get a job. But if instead I know that not only am I doing this to make money, but I'm doing this because emotionally it'll make me really proud. And, and it'll help inspire my kids, which is a big one for me. 
Um, but I can't just be my kids because when they have not let me sleep in three days, then they are not a good why. Their why goes <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I would actually take a job in Alaska because I just <laughs> would be able to sleep by myself. Um, so mentally it lets me ch- like really solve new challenges, which are exciting to me physically. Yes. I get to work from anywhere and I get to travel and meet really amazing people Socially, I'm making a difference in the world when I'm here on your podcast or I'm speaking on a stage, I'm changing the people's lives who are hearing me. And then spiritually, which is not religious, it's more like your mission. I know that this is my soul's purpose is to share this message. And so you take all of that and you decide it and then you craft it into a damn manifesto, which is super simple to say, easy to remember sentence that becomes that touchstone for when things get hard. So my damn manifesto is I want to share the damn framework with as many people as possible in as many ways as possible. So that's my yes, in order to create a sustainable, thriving business that both supports and inspires my kids and the world, my family and the world. And that is my touchstone. So when I feel like, oh, this month, my business hasn't made enough money or I'm frustrated, I'm scared, I go back to that damn manifesto and and it re-inspires me. It's why I don't encourage people to make New Year's resolutions. I encourage people to write a damn manifesto. Which now they have the opportunity to do because yeah. it's like December and we're facing down the New Year's resolutions. Um, first of all, I want to give you total props for somehow being able to remember that sentence because I'm like, I don't think I could remember mine even if I wrote it. Um, but secondly, I love the six-pronged approach to a why. Yeah. Because I don't think that we do that often enough. And that's with any yes that we give, right? Like if I sat down with even the most simple decision, like if I'm going for a walk with my friend, Samantha, right. I could actually sit down and come up with a six pronged why that would make me want to go. And I'm not saying I need to do this with every single micro decision, but I think if you really looked at your decisions that way, Mm -hmm. it would help you to really know clearly what is a yes and what is a no, because basically if I can't round it out with all six prongs, it's, it's a no. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, it's so true. And and here's the thing, you can use this for any area of your life. So when I've had a fitness goal and I've just said, "Oh, I want to lose weight or I want to fit into something," which I I almost never do that, but um it's too easy to give up. But if I said, "Well, financially, I'm going to stop spending money on clothes that don't fit or mm-hmm. throwing food away that, you know, doesn't that we don't get to. Emotionally, I'm going to feel proud, I'm going to feel confident." Mentally, mentally is always the biggest thing for me in fitness. I am going to be able to accomplish anything I set my mind to. Um, Physically is very obvious. Socially, I'm going to feel more confident going out into the world. I'm going to have more interactions. And spiritually, maybe I'm going to feel like my body aligns more with the vision I have in my head. So now when you feel like the scale isn't moving or you're not seeing that progress, you can go back to, but yeah, this is a challenge that I can overcome. So you can do that health and fitness, your relationships, so important to have a damn manifesto, mm-hmm. um, your big passion projects, really anything. Now, like when we built our dream home, it was like, well, financially, we're going to be spending a lot more money. But if we tapped into it, we would say, well, we're not going to have to move again. And that costs money. And financially, we're building an asset. And it it really works. It works for any important area of your life. Yeah, I really love it. Um, and now you, there's a something you talk about in your book uh, right at the very beginning. You're like, don't you basically don't need to wait because I can hear some people already being like, well, that sounds really good. I'm going to wait till I get like the mindset. Like I got to get my mindset right before I take action or before I do the thing. Um, And I would love to hear your response to that because I loved what you said in the book. And I'm so with you like, yeah, but I'm not going to put the words (laughs) into your mouth. I always say this movement is more important than mindset. If you are waiting until you have the mindset, I think we spend way too much time focused on fixing our mindset because you're not going to, you're still going to have those moments where you're scared and you're Mm -hmm. anxious. And if you are feeling like the only time and place I can make 
movement and make traction is if I have positive thinking, then when you have those negative thoughts, you can quickly spiral into, well, if I really wanted to do this, I wouldn't have these negative thoughts. Oh, I'm just not committed enough. And now you have this negative loop spiral of negative thinking. And so instead I just say movement is always 100% of the time movement is more important than mindset. Because if you wait, if you just wait until you have the the positive thoughts and the confidence, then you will be in the exact same spot one year from today. It's the same with create. Well, first of all, I think a lot of people think like we just wake up and we're like perfectly rosy and happy and sunshiny in the morning. That would be fun. (laughs) We're like motivated every day. I'm like, no, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, you know what I'm motivated to do today? I'm motivated to lay on the floor (laughs) and stare at the ceiling (laughs) and then hopefully fall asleep. So I, I totally agree with you because when I sit down and I start getting on a podcast interview or I start working for my clients, suddenly I'm like, oh my God, everything is amazing. I love this. I'm so motivated. Right. So I'm so with you on that. Like creativity begets creativity. Motion gets the motivation. Um, so I I love that. And I, I think that there are a lot of things out there that talk about mindset Mm -hmm. and it's not, it, it's not that the way it's not like we're trying to like bypass what is actually happening in the brain we're kind of like saying, get in action and yep. your mind will change. Like that is chemically what happens. Right. So. It's easier. I mean, of course, it's easier to get a lot of things done when you are inspired and have positive thoughts in your head. But we think we get inspired to get into action, but we don't. We get into action to get inspired. And then the inspiration just catches up. And so I will, what I do is, I teach what I call micro actions. And these are the smallest possible actions that you will actually take. You know, sometimes we think they're small, but they're not. And we still feel paralyzed. So when you know your yes, and you have your damn manifesto, then you know the direction to head in with these micro actions. So there are going to be some days where you don't feel like doing anything towards growing your business. But you know the micro actions and you can set your clock and just say, I'm going to do 15 minutes of micro actions. And if at the end of those 15 minutes, I do not feel inspired to continue, that's fine. I did my 15 minutes. But more often than not, you're going to feel inspired to keep going. Not every day. And you want to give yourself grace on those days when you're like, I just can't. Because then it's such a waste of time when I don't feel like writing And at the end of those 15 minutes, I still don't feel like writing. Then everything I write is just going to be something I scrap. Uh, I'm so glad you brought up the micro steps because I was going to ask you about those. I'm a big believer in micro steps and I want to share a story so that to just reflect the whole concept. Um, Mm -hmm. I have another podcast called the content with character podcast. And when I was dreaming it up, it was a hundred percent. Yes. By the way, um, when I was dreaming it up, I was like, oh my God, I don't even remember how to launch a podcast anymore. Like it seems like so huge. And then I made the list of tasks and it was just like a mile long, you know, I'm like, this is never going to happen. So I did exactly that. Every single day, I took the tiniest step. Like today, I'm going to listen to intro music. I'm not going to pick it. I'm just going to listen. Today, I'm going to think of a few intros I could write, you know? So um, taking those steps, like consistently over, I think it was like a month. I got the Mm -hmm. thing launched in a month. So I really believe in the power. Like we think when we look at other people that they just like had an idea, set it in action, went for it. But it is just like that consistent, slow, step-by-step thing that is so often what brings an idea to life or what brings a dream to life. So we have to remember that everything we do is still just a series of micro actions. They just get easier and they come faster and they become bigger. So if you are teaching a kid to ride a bike, the micro actions for them are pick up my helmet, put it on, buckle, grab the handlebars, wheel my bike out to the driveway, stand it upright, kick the kickstand back, swing my leg over put a foot on one pedal, foot on the other pedal, 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 right? Fall. And as an adult, (laughs) yeah, fall, get back up. (laughs) As an adult, we say, let's go for a bike ride. 
Now we're still yeah. doing all those same things, right? We're still getting a helmet on and putting it on and wheeling our bike out and getting it. We're doing all of those things, but because we have done it before and we have gotten into action, we're just going on a bike ride. That's yeah. The same for great you. reminder. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to launch a podcast. And so you did step, 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 step. Well, now it's, Hey, I'm going to go re- record an interview. You don't think about plugging your microphone in and checking it, but you're still doing all of those things. Right. Yeah. I love that. How it, those micro steps then become the second nature basically yeah. in what we're doing. Um, the other thing I wanted to kind of bring up is I think some people, when we use the word dream, when we're like, what's your big dream? I yeah. think some people actually do get a little bit stuck there. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to include myself in that category because sometimes if someone's like, what's your dream? I'm like, I don't really know. Like a I nap. just want to go to lay <laughs> on my porch on Saturday and read a book. <laughs> That's my dream. Um, So how do we know, how do we kind of like pull these dreams out of us and really look like I want to dig a little bit deeper than just being out on my porch on a Saturday afternoon and reading a book. So how do I know what dreams are inside of there and how do I kind of like unlock them and bring them to life? The phenomenon that you just described is happening because we forget how to dream like children. When we are kids and I, like I said, I have three kids under the age of seven. Oh, I forgot to tell you my big, bold dream that I brought to life. So I'll, I'll use this as an example. Um, we have forgotten how to dream like children. So we have these dreams and we immediately start to dream like an editor. So we say, I want to do this thing. Oh, but I could never do that. This would be too hard. I can't afford it. I don't have the time. And we just shut it down before (laughs) we even get started. So my, one of the exercises in the book is to start dreaming big again. And the way that you can do that, the way you can turn off your inner editor is you basically, you write faster than it can keep up. So you set a timer for 15 minutes and you just write and you write and write and write and write. My, one of my former coaches said, you write until the water runs clear. And it is everything you could possibly think of. It is starting your own TV show, recording, uh, you know, filming a movie, all of these things, right? You're not going to do all of them. You're just trying to get back in ha- in the habit of dreaming. And then at the end of those 15 minutes, you stop. And the second step in the process, usually I tell you either to wait till the next day or go for a walk, something to break that. Then you go back and say, well, what is the thing I really want to do? Mm-hmm. Right? Like what is, what is the one that is, I will make my top priority. And I have four questions you ask yourself happens to spell the word trip. Um, I love a good acronym because it's easier for me to remember. Um, but you ask yourself, am I willing to make it my top priority? Am I willing to resource it? Is it inspiring? And is it personal? And for me, my big dream was that when Mark passed away, we were about 60 days away from starting our next round of IVF. And I've always wanted to be the mom of three and losing that dream at the same time that I lost my the love of my life really, it was unfair. It didn't sit with me unfathomable. And I decided that what I wanted to do was move forward with that IVF. And I went through all those things. Like, am I willing to make this my top priority, which means um, time in doctor's offices, um, blood tests, ultrasounds, all of those things. Am I willing to resource it? Because it was going to take time, money, energy, emotional energy. Um, Is it inspiring? So is it something I'm moving towards? And is it personal? And I was able to say yes with all of those, with full confidence. And so in July of 2021, I had Marks and my third child. And so that's why I say I'm now the mom of three under the age of seven. And it was such, the decision was so easy. Like the execution took work. But the decision was so incredibly easy. And that's how I knew it was my yes. But if you talked to some other people, they might have said, that is crazy. That is a terrible idea. Some people did say that to me. Um, What if this happens? What if, you know, what if you get sick? What if the kids get sick? What if it doesn't work? And what they didn't understand and what a lot of people don't understand is that I was not asking for their permission. I was inviting them to support me 
but those are two different things. And we spend a lot of time unconsciously asking people for permission to go after our dreams. I was just about to say, you know, we, some of us do this to ourselves. We edit ourselves, right? We edit our own dreams. So you may have just like, nope, I'm going to edit, I'm going to edit this and find all the reasons I can't do it. Some of us go to the the jury and we are like, okay, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I'm guilty of this 100% guilty of this. And I am looking for somebody to kind of give it the stamp of approval. But I tell you what, when somebody else edits my dream, it hurts and it stops me and it gets rid of my own excitement for it. So let's say you are sharing it with a friend and like you don't even want that negativity basically from the start. Like I don't want somebody to tell me why I can't do something because I just want to feel excited about it. Like don't poke holes in this right now. Just let me be excited. I don't care if it sounds stupid. So what is a way to like maybe open up that conversation with that? Like, I love your thing of like, I'm not asking for permission. I'm just asking for you to support me. Um, What are some other ways we might kind of approach it? Yeah, well, and it's not even asking for support. It's inviting them to do so. And and the difference is that their decision about whether or not to support you does not change your decision about whether or not to do it. Right. And so this is really the second part of the D. I know we're still on D, um, okay. which is the declare. And so a lot of times people hear the declare and they think, oh, yeah, that means I have to just go make a really bold statement on Facebook and say, this is the year I make a million dollars or this is the year I lose 50 50 pounds. But doing that uh, removes our option for vulnerability when things get hard. And so with the declaring, I use what I call uh, layered declarations. This is the whole, this is the second part the find your damn people, uh, which will be the next book that hopefully will come out in 2024. But we start, we start by declaring it to ourselves. You know, we say it, write it, we think it, write it, say it. And then we pick two to three cheerleaders who have the capacity to support us without criticism. And you have to be really clear on that. And it's, it's not usually your best friend. It's not usually your mom or your, it's almost never your mom because she's too scared for you. And when we ask for permission and it's too early in our dream, that person tries it on for size. And if they are uncomfortable with it, they will eat away at your dream. The people who told me it was a terrible idea for me to have Maristella, they were uncomfortable with the idea of being a solo parent. They were uncomfortable. They couldn't fathom it. And so they started to ask me those questions of, well, what if? So when I, so after those few conversations, I stopped talking to those people for then it, about about that dream. It wasn't like I cut I didn't cut one of my family members out, but I stopped bringing it up to them. And instead, I went to three of the members of my book club who were very close, and I started a text chain with them. And I said, "Can I do this?" I said, "I've decided I'm going to move forward with this IVF." Can I start a text chain with the the four of us? And your only job is to cheer me on. It is to say, yay, blood test. I'm so proud of you for that ultrasound. Like, it's okay that you took seven pregnancy tests and they were yes, no, yes, no, broken. Yes, no. Like it is literally (laughs) three yes, three no, and a broken pregnancy test, but you did it. And so that's their job because when you have a little baby idea, it's not strong enough to stand up to criticism and questions and critique. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It's, you know, you wouldn't ask your newborn to drive a car. Right. You just have to build it. And then after you've built some confidence and some clarity, then you introduce it to your inner circle and you invite a few more people. And then you invite a few more people after that. But each layer is strong enough to stand up to a little bit more. And you now have this growing community that is also excited about what you're doing and cheering you on because you're right. When somebody just diminishes your dream, it hurts. Like I announced that I was pregnant in the middle of a summit I was hosting. I had hundreds, if not over a thousand people cheering me on, excited And I can tell you the five people 
who made negative comments because they hurt and they stick out. I also love that that helps you to build up your like confidence muscles, because I think that's the way you build confidence is like little, just back to your micro steps. It's the little tiny micro steps. And it's a good way to build that within yourself. So yeah, well, confidence comes from results when you don't have results yet. You're just being courageous, right? And we have to be courageous and we have to try and we have to know that we're going to stumble. And then as we start to see those results, then we build up some confidence in ourselves. And I like to say, I don't, I, when I think about how I sort of declare it to myself, I don't sit here and say, I am running a million dollar business because then part of my brain kicks in and says, no, you're not, you know, you've, you're in a multi six, but you haven't hit that seven yet. And so instead I will say, I am the type of person who runs a multi, look at me, multi-million dollar business. And if I'm that type of person, then what would I get up and do today? Yeah. And so that's the kind of confidence of if I am running a successful business, I don't need to be micromanaged. I can manage myself. Those are the kinds of things you start to see in your life. I love that. Um, let's go to the to the A and then we'll yeah. kind of like, I feel like we're going to have to take us home after that, but that's okay <laughs> because I want people to read the book. We're not giving them the entire, you're not yeah. going to write your damn manifesto after this podcast episode, right. people. Um, so yeah, let's move on to the A and then I would love to hear like what you really encourage people to do with a manifesto once it's written. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'll, I'll touch on the A, the M, the N. So the A is attend your own party and that has two two steps to it. One is just realizing that we are creating the experience of our lives through our thoughts. And people think our emotions create our thoughts, but actually our thoughts create our emotions. So understanding that is great because you can understand that you can choose a variety of different thoughts to change your experience. If I want to be really angry, I think about those people that were negative about my dream. But if I want to have a different experience, then I step back and I say, I wonder if they were concerned. I wonder if they were scared and then I can have a different experience. So that's part of the A. And the other part about the your own party is that you're comparing yourself to yourself, where you've been and where you want to go. So we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to other people and it's just useless. It doesn't do anything for us. So it's really not motivating at all. No, <laughs> it's it's, we can always make ourselves feel better or worse, just depending right. on which direction we want to look in. But if you see somebody who you are comparing yourself to, you can take a step back and say, what are the aspects or elements that are inspiring me? You know, you have a podcast four and a half years. If I wanted to make myself feel bad, I could say, oh my gosh, I, mine is just barely a year old. I wonder I'll never get there. Or I could say, wow, look at how she's found her authentic voice and been able to share this. I want to do the same. And that becomes something to move towards in our own space. Yeah. I was thinking the same about comparing myself to how your brain hasn't blipped out today and mine has. <laughs> um, but now you could say, okay, I, I want to have a lot of acronyms. <laughs> I can have acronyms so that I will never lose that train of thought. <laughs> exactly. Right. So then the M, because I want to touch on each of these, but the M is the moments, not minutes. And that when we talked earlier about when you find your yes, then, and you're committed to it, then we focus on the moments, the moments not to be missed. And so when I take my kids to the fair and I know that's my yes, and I'm present with them, you know, I might answer a text message, but it's not like I'm trying to write my next book while they're on the Ferris wheel, right? My yes is them. Then when I come home and I say, now I'm going to stay present with the podcast or the book or whatever it is that I'm doing, I've really, I can release that guilt because I know that I was fully present in the first moment. So I can be fully present in the new one. I'm not just counting minutes. I'm looking at moments. I think our second out of the three podcasts we're going to do together is just one called slow down. Yes. Yeah. We've got to do less, right? Yeah. And then the now is the time. And this relates to your question about what do you do with a damn manifesto? So now is the time, you know, I am so 
distinctly aware of the fact that we are not promised tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. I lost my home, Mm -hmm. lost my, my dad. I lost my husband. I've had a miscarriage. You know, I wouldn't plan any of those things. And so if we never know what's going to happen at any instant, that's not a reason to live scared. It's a reason to live fully. And so we need to know that there's never going to be a perfect day to start your business, write your book, get healthier. So if there's never a perfect day, then why not today to get started? And that is where the micro actions come in because the hardest place to be in any big dream is standing still because an object at rest tends to stay at rest. And so we have to start taking micro actions in order to build momentum towards our yes. So an an image you all can think of is those death trap metal merry-go-rounds that are on playgrounds. Oh yeah. Do you remember those when we were kids and they like, they were so rusted out. One one kid's like dangling still while going around it. (laughs) Yes. So when that's standing still, it's really heavy and it takes a lot of effort and energy. So everybody grabs a bar And you lean into it and you take that first step, then the next step, then the next and the next, and they get easier and they come faster. And then you jump on and you spin and spin and spin. And I see my kids do it now. And I just like want to throw up. And then as it's spinning, if you want it to pick up speed again, you just stick your little foot out and hope you don't break your ankle and give it a little push. That's the same with micro actions is that those first steps feel hard and heavy but it gets easier and it becomes fun. But those kids didn't wait for the fun. They didn't say, well, once you make this fun, I'll start pushing the bar. They just trusted that it would be also not for nothing. They never would have got their chance on that ride because it is hard to get on those things when they're in full motion. (laughs) Exactly. Like you, you have to trust that if you know your yes, if you have your damn manifesto, what you're moving towards and you're taking micro actions, then you'll get there and it'll be fun. I really love and needed to hear that reminder that, you know, the fact that we are not guaranteed things, the fact that things are uncertain, which uncertain is like my least favorite word in the English (sighs) dictionary. um, It's not a reason to live scared. It's a reason to live fully. And I really just want, I wanted to say it again, because I want people to really, really hear that and soak that in. And I love that. And then also you're right. If, if there's never going to be a perfect day, sounds like today is your perfect day. (laughs) Well, and you said earlier, you know, our series of podcasts that we're going to do, um, and talking about slowing down because people can hear that about living fully and feel like it means, Oh, I've got to do all the things and I've got to like cram my life full and, and, People will ask me that of, oh, you lost your husband. Does that mean you just take all the, you take everything on? And I say, no, I just take the important things and do them. And so I'm clear, like you said, I'm clear on my yes and my whys. And that means that I can say no to certain things and I can say yes, and I can be fully present in those. And not everything's going to be great and not everything's going to be easy but I'm moving in the direction I want to go. Yeah. All right. People really need to get the book and read it and write the damn manifesto for themselves. And then once they have it, what are they doing with it? So how can they really use this? Like, let's say you're sitting down and it's towards the end of December and you've read this entire book in a day and now you have your damn manifesto. So what do you use it for coming into the, the coming year? on a day, like how often do you use yours? Do you read it daily? Say it daily? Yeah. Well, obviously I say it very easily because I do right. say it. I am so impressed. <laughs> I don't well, think so I could remember thing. 20 words. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that it's going to, it's going to evolve over time. When my first, when I first started this, I wanted to teach the, take the damn trip through courses. And it was like, that's not even, I mean, I have the damn, the do the damn thing method as a course, but I love speaking on stages and wrote the book and all of that. So once you have that damn manifesto, you really do want to sit with it and see how it feels. You know, mine first was like to 
have a business that supports my family. And then I thought, well, no, it's just as important to inspire them. And actually it's not just my family, it's the world. So what you can do with it, what I have found for myself is that anytime I am feeling overwhelmed or frustrated with my business and with the take the damn chance movement, I need to go back to my own process, which means that I go back to the damn manifesto. So maybe each morning you just get up and you write it in a journal and you think about, you sit with it and you can close your eyes and really think like, okay, what would it, what will it be like when I have brought this to life? Because Mm. once you have that, I have full confidence that once you know what it is that you want and, and all the whys, you can make it happen. So you can, you start to, you know, write it, like I said, write it each morning, read it to yourself and you start to find those two to three cheerleaders and you start sharing it with them and getting that boost that you need externally. Cause we do, we need some external validation too, but we've got to bring the right people in at the right time for the right support. So yeah, that's what I would say is Um, write your damn manifesto, start really like incorporating it into your life and start finding your damn people and building that support up. And like you said, like being like, I'm the person that had like feeling that what kind of person it is that would have that thing. I love that too. And start, yeah, start really thinking too. Like if this is, if this is your thing, right, if this is your yes, um, and other ideas come up and I know we're coming up on time, but one of the things you brought up was that you really liked the parking lot method that I teach. So you, you might have other ideas that come up, right? Like every once in a while I think, oh, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe I want to go teach yoga in Hawaii. <laughs> I haven't wanted to do that in a while, but so that idea then goes in a parking lot and you, cause you don't want to keep your ideas stuck up in your head. You want to get them out and you can continue to add detail to it. But if you think, if you spent the time to read the book and craft your damn manifesto and you want to change your mind, you can do that. Just go back to the beginning, write a damn manifesto for this new thing. And if you don't think it's worth the time to do that, then it's not your yes. Yeah. Okay. I love that. My parking lot is very full. So I've got some, I've got some <laughs> manifestos to write over here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. Why don't you let people know the one last little thing is in the book, you give a lot of resources that help to pull all of these ideas together. So for example, like a meditation to get the dreams out, um, you know, the actual parking lot, like as a worksheet. So just, I'm just giving people like, there is a visual aspect to this, which I think and audio aspect, which I think will help support you. So if somebody wants the book and they want to be part of your world, how do they find you and connect with you online? Yeah. So you can get the book at your manifesto.com, which it's also on Amazon. Um, and you also, since you love podcasts, you could come listen to my podcast, which is called all the damn things. And I really just explore how we, can bring the damn framework and the do the damn thing method into all of the areas of our life. Because trust me, once you see these things in your life, you will not be able to unsee them. Once you see how you are comparing yourself to other people, then you will see like, oh, I need to be attending my own party. And when you're out with your kids or your partner the next time, and you're really distracted, you're like, wow, yeah, we just clocked 60 minutes, but we didn't have any moments. And it just, all of it helps you start to see the world through some different filters. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next and then have you back to talk about it. So thanks (laughs) so much for being my guest. Thanks for having me. I love what you're doing in the world. And it was such an honor. Thank you. 